just open right up to Romans 12. Um, I'm, I'm just going to jump right in this morning. I have good things. And um, before I forget, let me tell you, um, we are going to have the Lord's Supper today. Um, so it is a good time to um, hit pause and go prepare your elements. And as we've told you before, it can be whatever you have. If you, if you have wine, if you have grape juice, if you've got crackers, um, cereal. <laughs> whatever you have. It, uh, the Holy Spirit is the power in this. Um, so gather your elements. I want you to do that now so you don't have to stop later and then just come on back and, and hit play and we'll get going. So welcome back. Um, and open right on up to Romans 12. As you're doing that, I'm just going to jump in and start introducing. Um, we are in a series that on... Um, the Lord's desire to have intimate relationship with you. Um, sounds very cliche, but we're looking specifically at the period of time that is um, after His resurrection and before, before His ascension. So the 40 days afterwards. In fact, I'm, I'm sensing this. This is not in my notes. I think I'm going to read this. Um, so I know you're in Romans 12, and that's okay. You can stay there. I'm just going to read a couple of things. Let me see if I can do this. I'm going to Acts, if you're curious, right at the beginning of the book. And I think the verse I'm thinking of is there. Yeah, I think... Um, let's do this. Let me check and make sure I'm right. Yes. So this is going to um, set the tone again for us. This is really a looking back at the 40 days that has been going on. And just starting in verse 1, I think I'm just going to read the first three. It says, The former account I made, so Luke writing here, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which He was taken up, after He, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom He'd chosen. Now verse 3, To whom He also presented Himself alive, Okay, presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Just notice that because um, this is not in the plan, but this is really the best review for where we're at. Um, and I'm, let me make sure this is leading us. But it's perfect. Okay, many infallible proofs. Why? Because we've talked about this already. He never had an intention that we would have to, um, to live this life of faith from blind faith. He always intended that we would have uh, encounters with Him, actual intimate relationship with Him. So why infallible proofs? That's the tangible interaction He means for us to have. And then it goes on being seen by them. Seen. You see the sense word? By them. During 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So you notice it mentioned 40 days. Okay, and that's the series we're talking about. I'm, I've been calling it the learning curve. The learning curve of a, of a resurrected Lord, 40 days of what? We just read it. Appearing to, to them and having an intimate conversation with them about just anything. Now, it's a particular conversation. It's his favorite thing to talk about. And what is that? The things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking with them about. And he wants to have that conversation with you. So, uh, in other words, we are a people who 
uh, where it is very appropriate for us to have continuous expectation of encounter with Him. Encounter with Him actually. He's a person who's delighted with you and has His own desire to be with you. Um, I, I encourage you to meditate on that. He has a desire to be with you. That's worth talking with Him about and meditating about. So, you know, we're going to talk about um, this intimacy today. Um, we are going to, before we're done, I think, we're going to finish. We've already been in um, the story of the Emmaus Road. Jesus appears to the two guys walking the journey, the road of their life. And we're going to go there. But before that, um, I just want to talk to you about one thing. Okay, we've been talking about the intimacy tangible, real, not some mystical thing you can't touch, but the intimacy that He wants to have with you. And you're well aware that often Jesus spoke of abiding. Right? So, here's what I want to put out there. Do you know that um, whether you are aware of it or not, you do abide in something? Now listen, I know that we're, we're multifaceted. We're very complex creatures. So you So you have... You have aspects of your life. You have parts of your heart. And in some areas, you can be abiding in one thing. And, of course, the Scripture, you already know where we're going. The Scripture um, and Jesus Himself in His own words tells us, Abide in Me as I abide in the Father. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I want to give you a practical example. I feel like there's a, there is a calling on me. I think He's asking me in this series to make it practical. This should be something. Um, the things that we're talking about should be things that you can enter into, understand, and participate in. That kind of practical. Because I want to give you an example. We have uh, a pandemic. Uh, you've probably heard about it going on around the world. Okay. And do you know that not only can you, but I'm going to make a guess that probably you are in some ways abiding in that. Now, let me tell you what I mean. We've been talking about in this series what Jesus calls us to three things in this tangible encounter with Him. One is to recognize Him, right? The ability that when His presence comes along, we recognize. Two is that we have, um, we are ever called into intimate communication, into that um, without ceasing conversation because He wants to be with you that much. And third, to be able to receive from Him. Right? So now, return to the abiding that we do in our life sometimes. You are abiding in something. Let's say we're abiding in this pandemic. And the final step of that is receiving. Right? So, if there is an abiding in that going on, what are we likely to receive? Now, I know you're tracking with me. Um, you're likely to receive fear or anxiety. Um, perhaps to receive the loss of, of joyful productivity. Um, you know, I could go on, and I'm sure that you probably just made your own list, I suspect, in your head. Do you know that's abiding? We, we, in other words, you can recognize something, make it powerful in your life, recognize the presence of this. You can have intimate conversation with just about anything and receive from it. Do you know you're receiving from what you abide in? Now listen, if we abide 
in Jesus, if we recognize His presence and our intimate conversation is most with Him, then what are we likely to receive? Peace, power, love, joyful productivity. And, you know, obviously you can, you can go on and make a list of all the things that Jesus spoke. Um, and so that kind of gets us going. Um, for You know, I was kind of directed this morning, at least I, I believe, that's for me, in my tangible experience, and we're going to talk about that this morning, my relationship with Him, I was directed to start at Romans 12. Um, so I'm going to start right in verse 1. And, you, you know, sometimes um, when the Lord powerfully puts a passage on my heart, one thing I like to do occasionally is... I will literally dig at a particular passage, a couple of verses or something, word for word, almost word for word, in the original language. And it's amazing what that will produce when we do that, when we let the Holy Spirit guide that. Um, I'm not going to go through the language of every word. I bet you're thankful for that. Um, But we are going to grab some of the things that the Lord had stand out to me. So... um, This is verse 1, Romans 12. And here it just reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Of course, we could teach about that all day right there, but we won't. Let me just say, notice that it's a living sacrifice. Okay? In other words, he is... uh, I'll just point out, he... It is, um, it is a life of intimacy. It's two lives. Of course, He gives you yours, but your life and His life that come into this intimacy. Um, he never meant for you to disappear. He's delighted with who you are. So, so just notice that before we even move into the reason we're reading this. So then just go to verse 2. And it continues to read, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now stop there with me. And this is going to connect into this whole series. This is the first word we're going to dig at. Do you know that this word transformed um, is the same word uh, that Jesus, that, that, the, that the Scriptures use for the transfiguration of Jesus? When it says that He was Transfigured when he took his closest disciples on the mountain before he finished all things on that cross and, and um, he was transfigured. So you could read this accurately. It's the same word, and it's the same word we use for like metamorphosis. Okay, so to change literally in form like that, it's the same word. So you could read this and it would, it, it would be correct or accurate to say, and do not be conformed to this world but be transfigured. By, by whose example? Now listen to me. To be transfigured in the way, I'm going to suggest, in the way Jesus was. Because He's the only example. He's the only standard. Right? Are you tracking with me? And how was He transfigured? I want to tell you what He did with His disciples in that. They saw the spiritual man supersede the physical. And it was, it was mind-blowing for them. We, we're not going to, but you could go read that story and you could find out they started, there was a nervousness in the presence of God like that. They started saying things and, and doing things and it, it was quite an encounter 
okay, tangible encounter. You know you're called to the same thing. And we're going to talk about that. You're called to be transformed or transfigured. And that leads us to, we say, well, how? Okay, well, by the renewing of your mind. Do you know that the word renewing most accurately translates to renovating? So in other words, be transfigured how? By the renovation of your mind. Now, now, now move with me for a moment. If, if any of you have ever been through renovation, which we, you know, we're, doing that, <laughs> we're doing that here, and let me tell you that the first step in renovation is tearing some things out. Um, it gets dusty. It gets, um, it gets really um, horrible in some ways. And I know there, there are renovators that a lot of, a lot of guys um, just relish the, the demo. They love doing demo. I don't. I personally do not enjoy the demo phase. I enjoy building the new things. But this is literally saying, like you would think of a renovation, that there is the tearing out of some things. How are we transfigured? We tear out and we put in the new. Now, this is just the introduction, so I've got to move. But um, um, this next part is mind-blowing if you pay attention to it. Because next, it says, what What do you do? You're, you're transfigured through renovation um, that you may, and, and what it says is that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the next word I'm going to focus on here is prove. It's probably the worst translated of the words. Do you know its actual translation is approve? In other words, it, it probably more accurately reads that you may approve what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Now, you might be saying to yourself, um, are you telling me God needs my approval? Um, so let's just address this for a minute. Um, let's just start out by saying no. <laughs> he does not need your approval. Okay? But what we need to recognize is that His good plan is that He delights in you so much. He's looking for partners he has a hunger so deeply that it's his good plan that you are an approver of the will of God. Are you tracking with me? He gave dominion to man in this earth, and he is looking for people to agree with him. Do you know how we release the will of God in this place? We agree. I agree with you, Lord. I approve. Did he need that? No, but he loves you that much. That his plan is that you are so participating with him. Lord, why doesn't, you know, let your kingdom manifest here. Why do we feel stalled in the manifestation of your kingdom? Well, well listen, by being transfigured into the spiritual man, by the renovating of our mind, we are invited to approve the will. Why is it not happening? I want to tell you half the time it's because we didn't approve. We'd, in other words, we didn't begin into an intimate living sacrifice, active participation in our role to approve the will of God. This is so good, I should have just preached on this the whole time. But um, it goes on and says, um, what will? The good and acceptable. You know, the word acceptable means approvable. <laughs> okay. And so it means good and acceptable. But the next, this is the last word I want to talk about here. It says, and perfect will of God. 
What does that mean? That, do you know that that word is the same word that Jesus spoke? It's translated the same word that he spoke on the cross just before he gave up the Spirit and he said it's finished. This is the, the finished or the completed will of God. That's what we agree with. So we're transformed into a people who agree that it's finished. So go ahead and manifest here, kingdom. Kingdom of God. We approve that. We release that in the name of Jesus. Are you tracking? And this, this connects. The reason I believe he's having me start here is because um, this connects to this intimate him walking on the road with us in the journey of our life that we've been talking about. This is the pattern of how that is. Um, I want to give you um, one more example here. And um, I just want to talk about this approval because I don't want to leave you scratch it. This should be practical, right? I want you to be able to enter this, and I believe the Lord does too. So, um, I'll tell you about what we're doing right here. Um, me standing here in front of a camera um, is the humor of God. And I want to tell you, I've got a couple people in this room. Of course, you know that. We've got sound people and light people and, and um, our videographers and to make this happen. And these folks in this room, okay, I'm just going to be transparent to you. They approved the will of God. Um, at least, I know at least one person in this room, and maybe more, approved the will of God about two years ago. What's happening right here? Um, I, on the other hand, <laughs> withheld my approval. This was, you know, I had a resistance. This was never what. I imagine, of course, that God has His ways. Are you thankful that God has His ways to take you where you're going? You know, like I'm thankful He does it, like it or not. Um, he, he's going to get us where we're going. Amen? <laughs> okay, so this is an example of that. We have people in this room that are, that are approvers of the will of God, and it took um, two years of pandemic and lots of people's prayers to move me to a place to be one who says, I agree. Um, I'm not suggesting that's the optimal path. I'm just giving you a reality of how approval of the will of God releases the kingdom of God. So if you've been approving, believing in something, just hang in there. That's the word I have for you. We've got people in this room who hung in there because they were approvers who were transformed. The renovation of their mind made a fire in them where they could see where God was going. And their approval was already active. Are you tracking with me? He wants us to participate like that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, God. Okay, now we're going to move back into, last week we did the first, the majority of the story of Jesus joining um, these two fellows on the road to Emmaus. And um, we're going to finish, I believe we're going to finish that story today. And there's, um, there's a very powerful word here, but I want to start with one more. I know I'm putting a lot of original language in here, but I want to start with one more um, original language insight. I want to talk about the word Emmaus. So, you know, these guys were on the road to Emmaus, and, and uh, I think the Lord must have impressed this. I, I guess it was a language week, and I thought, well, then what does that mean? 
So I went and looked at that usually in the Word of God, if not always, the, the, uh, the names of places are very significant to what's going on, and you can't make this up. Emmaus is, has roots of words in it, um, and they would have known this. That means um, where it's, they would have associated it with seasons. Okay? So, and, and if you take it further, if you look deeper, it's not just any season. It's, so there's a, a root that's associated with seasons, and then it moves into um, a particular season, which would be spring. Okay? And there are roots that mean like hot or like the beginning of life. Okay? So these guys are on a seven mile road to a place that is named for uh, a new season. If you dig up the beginning of life, season. If you take it a step further, it's literally the fulfillment of an age and the beginning of another age is what is all in the roots of this word Emmaus. So listen, Jesus, here's the thing. Jesus draws alongside these guys on a road to a place that is named the end of one age in their life and the beginning of another season or another age of glory with him in their life. Um, I don't know that. I thought that that was fascinating. Um, you can't make that kind of thing up. Um, so now here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I always mean for uh, when we're in the middle of a series like this, I mean for it to be if you just heard one message, um, it's enough. It stands alone. But I also want to connect to the bigger picture of what the Lord is trying to give us through a season or a series like this. So, I'm going to review just briefly by by grabbing parts of their walk with him, and I'm going to I'm going to do this really quick. So if this if this causes a little fire in you that like I want to know more about that, then the thing to do is go back and watch last week's message, okay? But for the purpose of today, um, we are still we're going to be in Luke 24. If I haven't given you that yet, and starting in verse 13 is the beginning of these Emmaus Road scriptures. And um, and I don't have a plan here. So just this in this review part. So And I kind of did that on purpose. So just bear with me. Um, let me just let me just set up the conversation and bring the main points from last week, okay? They're, these two guys are on this road. They're walking, and it literally tells us that they're conversing and reasoning. The story tells us that they're sad. And we get insight as to why. And this is why. Um, It's because, and it's in the story, their desire, their hope has been delayed because they're not fully aware or fully believing that Jesus has risen and that He's accomplished all things. It's in that place on the journey of their life that the presence of Jesus comes alongside because He delights in them like that like He does in you. He wants them to be believing. He wants them to be in the know, to get in step with Him. So He comes alongside. The presence of God comes alongside and for most of the story, they don't recognize Him. Can anybody relate? Do you know that you have moments in your life where, in in fact, do you know that you don't... Let's do this. Do you know that you, you don't have a single moment in your life where the presence of God is completely absent. You don't even exist apart from Him. Every atom in your body is held together. 
in Jesus Christ. So you're not apart from the presence. It's a question of our, are our eyes open? And we talked last week about how their eyes were restrained. We talked specifically what this story highlighted about what it was that restrained their eyes. Okay? And what restrained their eyes was the type of conversation they had. In other words, the way that they talk, the way that they believe, the way they think and reason was restraining to their eyes. Now you can see the Romans passage. I hope you're making a connection. We need a transfiguration into the spiritual man that, that has a renovation of mind where we, where we see from the spiritual so that we're approvers of the will. Right? And this story is going there. Um, and the truth is, that's really where I want to pick up. So now, this week, I want you to go. We're at Luke 24, and we're going to start. Let me decide where we're going to start here. I think we should start. How about 28? Okay. It says, Then they drew near to the village. They're walking with Jesus, and they draw near to the village where they were going. And he, that he is Jesus, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. You see, there's that abide word. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to stay with them. Now, just for now, I think we might talk about this more, but just for now, notice that this specifically says he would have gone on, but they constrained him, and they, um, they impacted Jesus. Because they constrained him, he stayed. Do you know that you influence Jesus? <laughs> That's called a relationship. That's a mind blower. And I, I dare you to think about that for a while. Um, he is looking for actual relationship that is two-way. And he delights in you in such a way that, that we, can, we can impact what he's doing. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. We may return to that. Um, but go to verse 30, and it goes on and says, Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with, him, with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. Okay, so what was it? We have to say this again. It was tangible encounter. It was actual relational experience that opened their eyes to knowing him, to recognition of his presence, who he is. You're here with me, Lord. You see that? And then it says, and he vanished from their sight. I'm not even going to touch that just, just because I'm not. Um, you can imagine how that must have been. Um, but I want, I want to read on to verse 32. And, and this is really our focus. This, the Lord just... Um, actually, I want to say He burned it on my heart, which is actually humorous when you know what we're about to read. Verse 32 says... And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Now listen. Help me, Lord. I believe that, that what the Lord wants to give us in this series is um, he wants to make us in, into a people that are, like the scriptures say, that um, without ceasing, and continuously, we're people that walk with Him, that have awareness of His presence, that are able to receive that He delights in us, 
and walks with us. And I believe He wants us to, to have such tangible relationship that we can know His presence. That we can recognize that. And I want to tell you, in this 40-day, what I'm calling the learning curve, that this is in, that this is key, one key practicality that I believe He wants us to have. And I'm going to show you a pattern here. What does it say? So in other words, they said to one another, this is after their eyes are opened to, wait a second, <laughs> that was Jesus. Now, He was right there. He was with them in presence, teaching them. But this is the moment where they say, that was Jesus. And they're having recognition of something. Now, track with me. It says, what they have to say is that, did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us on the road? Um, now, let, let me pull some notes. I, I, I have less of a plan than I have things burning to tell you. So, um, so we're going to talk about this heartburn. Okay? And you know what's coming to my mind um, Either it was last week or the week before, we talked about when you hear your, your name in His voice. Now listen to me, this could be one way that your, your name sounds in His voice. It's this heartburn. It's this burning heart. This, this feeling of love that you feel here. Now, um, help me, Lord. I want to return back to... Um, to um, our conversation earlier where we talked about abiding. Do you know, and you, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, um, do you know that we are all too willing to be aware of all kinds of presence, lowercase p, presence in our life? And let me tell you, voices in our life, influences, things that we are all too willing to walk with. Are you tracking with me? Let me give you some examples. Um, so, um, perhaps the most classic one is is um, presence of our Father. Some of us had, and I'm talking about our earthly fathers. Some of us had great fathers. Others of us had horribly abusive, um, and everything in between. But do you know that we are all too willing to let that presence be a voice that we are um, that we are incredibly aware of. Are you tracking with me? In other words, these three elements we keep talking about um, invite that presence to be what we abide in. Are you hearing me? In other words, the recognition of, um, the intimate conversation we have with, and then the influence, what we receive from it. Okay? Um, it could be mom. It could be boss. It could be, it could be events. Okay, but these are these are presents um, that have messages. Now you know as well as I do. Um, you know as well as I do what the voices of these other this presence has for us. It can be, in other words, um, what compels, what motivates, what causes us to live as we do, believe as we do, the cause the kind of conversation that we have that influences everything. You track him with me. So, am I compelled by guilt? Am I compelled by shame? Am I compelled by um, bondages or vows or rules that are over my life? Um, now, listen to me. Is this voice demanding? 
Does it require performance? Does the voice motivate me because, um, because there's disappointment on me? I hope you're tracking. Now, here's what I want to talk about. These guys, what they say to one another. They said, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? Now, listen to me. I want to tell you this is a different presence. <laughs> this is the healing, freeing presence of Jesus. This is, um, this is a different voice. This is a different presence. Now, now, now listen to me. When it was going on, on the journey on the road, when they were feeling the burn, the burn of the presence of the Lord, the story records for us that they were not aware of it. <laughs> Catch that. <clears throat> this is after the fact that they say. I'm going to have me a drink of water so I can keep teaching. (laughs) This is after the fact that they're saying to each other, did not our heart burn within us? They're saying, wasn't that a different presence? And it's after the fact recognition of what was actually true in the presence of Jesus, where now they stop and say, man, did not our heart burn within us. That was different. What is that? I want to tell you something. Um, Whether you know it or not, this is going on in your life. Why can I promise you that? Because the Lord delights in you like that, and I know Him. (laughs) I know you do too. But listen to me. He is pursuing you. He is having burning heart moments. He He is the maker of heartburn. And this is not... The motivation of guilt, the motivation of fear, anxiety, shame, the other presence that we're all too willing to invite along. This is, this is the Lord wants us to become a people who have awareness, who begin to recognize a different burn, a burn of freedom, a burn of love, a, a burn that, that causes a response instead of a reaction, a response to who He is. This is a burn that is full of freedom. It has no bondage. <laughs> it's the voice of love. That, and you know it. You know when the presence of the Lord gives you that difference that draws you into who He is that causes you to want to keep walking with Him, to stop and notice. Now, I, I have to emphasize, or, or I'd really be amiss, um, Lord help me, it's so important to recognize that one of the patterns here, one, patterns, um, one of the things that is being revealed in this passage, and I'll suggest others, but very powerfully in this passage, is that this is, an, this is a learning curve thing. This is an after-the-fact recognition of the tangible presence of the Lord. I hope you're moving with me. In other words, these guys have to stop. Look, they have to stop and think about it. They have to stop and meditate, reflect on what happened back there in order to have this moment where they say, that was the Lord. Did not my heart burn within me? In other words, 
In other words, listen to me. I think that the Lord, He, he so desperately loves you and wants to be intimately with you that um, He wants us to become a people that, that we, can, um, we can learn from His presence with us so that in your future with Him, when that burn comes, the freedom, the love, the stirred passion, the nudge, although imperceptible before and had to be recognized after, He wants us to become a people who can, who can stop and go, I have the heartburn. <laughs> Your presence um, has come to me and I recognize that. Thank you for being here, Lord. Now, I don't care. You might be pumping gas. You may be walking through the grocery store or deal, you may be dealing with a difficult situation, a difficult person. You may be doing something wonderful, but He wants us to become a people that are recognizers of His presence and we can go, oh, Your presence has drawn near to me right here tangibly. I recognize, thank you for being here, Lord. What do you want to talk about? And what's He talk about in the 40 days? The things pertaining to the kingdom. What do you know? That's my favorite subject too, Lord. <laughs> right? He wants a relationship like that. You love to talk about that? So do I. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you're getting this. It's, it's after the fact. How many of you need to have the burn of the presence of the Lord multiple times before you gain such a familiarity that you realize that, that you gain a recognition? What is it? To recognize to have that intimate interaction and then to receive from Him. And how many times do we have to have? I don't know. Hopefully these guys were faster learners than me and they really just needed the one time. Are you, are you tracking? I, I don't know. We don't necessarily follow their story a great deal from this point forward. But I know for me, um, as I walk with Him, as I grow in, um, I knew you this way. See, so listen to me. Here's what I want to say. The Lord wants to have a relationship um, of knowing. I know it's very cliche, but um, let's take it out of that. He wants to know you. In fact, He does know you, but He wants to enter into a relationship where His knowing of you is the most powerful thing. And He wants an intimate relationship where your knowing of Him is the most powerful thing. That kind of an intimacy. And that, that happens as we gain recognition, the learning curve. We gain rec recognition of the presence of God. I reject those voices. You know why I do that? The other presence that, I'm you know, that we are all too willing to invite along the road until our eyes are open to who He is. I reject those voices. Why? Um, I, I don't need to be approved by those voices. I don't need to be liked. I mean, it's great. If you like me, thank you. But I don't need that. Why? Because I'm loved. <laughs> I'm approved. You, you got it? The voice of the Lord, the heartburn of the Lord, is a presence that has nothing in common <laughs> with the other presence. You know we can sense it in each other. Uh-oh. Now the Lord's taken me somewhere. Do you know that Spirit has recognition with, with Spirit? You've experienced it. You know you have. In the body of Christ, you're interacting with someone and 
the heartburn, the burn <laughs> of a voice that is full of love, full of freedom, unpoisoned. And we get these glimpses even as we interact with each other, even when we gather. I know I'm missing gathering together too, but just for, <laughs> just for this morning, we're gathered. We're gathered in the Spirit. I hope you feel the burn right now. You know the presence of the Lord is in this. I hope you sense, you know the Holy Spirit's in me because He delights in me. So I know that the Holy Spirit is in your home because you're, you've joined, you've gathered in this, and you've experienced it in your life. Um, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to... I always have too many notes. I feel like I need to just do one more thing um, as we move forward. Uh, I want to quickly remind you of another story. You know, part of what we're teaching in the in this series um, is recognition of Him. Okay, so um, how do we recognize the presence of God drawing near in a moment? It, it's always there, but he, want, he makes tangible moments, right? How do we recognize that? I want you to think of Peter for a moment. In another story that I believe we've recently talked about here, um, where Peter doesn't recognize. In fact, they're in a boat in the middle of the storm. Jesus comes walking across. I don't even want to say walking across the water. He's walking across the waves of the storm. And we, we have this interaction. Okay, At first, they don't recognize him. I want to tell you, I personally believe he's in a bit of a transfigured state here. Um, it's okay if you don't agree. It's okay with me. But let's just face it. They reckon him as a ghost. They don't readily recognize him. And now listen, what does Peter say? Peter says, if it's you, Lord, um, call me out of the boat. Are you tracking with me? In other words, if it's you, um, call me to do this super scary, risky, crazy thing to join what you're doing in what you're doing. Now I'm going to put this out there. Because um, you see this pattern in the various moments that they don't recognize him, you you see this. I don't I, I don't want to call it a pattern. You see this truth that what we need is the burn of the heart <laughs> that causes recognition of him. Okay, now track with me. What did Peter really ask for? What was he really asking for? He was asking for Jesus. He's saying. Tell me to do something that inspires the burn of you that I know. Is that not really what he's asking? Ask me to join you in, in the super scary, risky, crazy thing that you're doing that causes that, that alive, that, uh, the life of you to be stirred and nudged in me. And how's that story go? Um, you know how it goes. What does Jesus say? Peter says, if it's you, call me out to you, Lord. And, he, and Jesus says, come on. I'm going to tell you that one way, one practical way I believe the Lord wants you to have so that, you can, so that we can make this practical. He means to be in relationship with you, tangible. He loves you like that. And so we can make this practical. One way we sense this burn of the Lord through the Holy Spirit is when is when we sense a, come on. <laughs> I know it's scary. Step up. Get in step with me. Come on. And we sense that burn. What did Peter say? Jesus says, come on. 
And then Peter says, uh, it's you, Lord. I imagine, I imagine it must have been, you know, there's a boat full of guys here. <laughs> and in that moment, I can just imagine Peter going, um, it's okay, guys, it's him. <laughs> you got it? This, this crazy thing, um, I'm about to go walk with him for a minute. I'm going to step out of the boat for a moment. But you can just imagine that um, that was the recognition. And that was the invitation to join. It was the heartburn. That's what he needed. He needed that moment where, where the voice of the Lord calls him into the crazy, where the, where the spirit of life <laughs> caused a recognition where he says, Ah, it is you. I hope you're tracking, and, and you know, I hope you see the same thing in this story that we're talking about. Did not our heart burn within us? Do you know, just next, I'm kind of, I'm kind of running out of time here, so I'm just going to say, just next, what happens? Um, in fact, I am going to read it. You know me. Um, go on in Luke 24, and I'm going to pick up verse 14. And here it says, And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So, uh, I'm sorry, I went back to the beginning of the story. I've jumbled. That's just to make you feel familiar because you know me. I've jumbled <laughs> my pages like I do. Um, and I do want to read this to you. So, bear with me for a moment. It is on one of these pages. Nope. I'm not going to use your time this way. I'm going to tell you what happens. The next thing is they do two things. Okay? They, um, they have a message of the fact that he's alive. Okay? And, and they testify to another way that he's known. They, they, they have a message for the, other, for the eleven. And they say he was known to us in the breaking of bread. You see, tangible. He, what's their message? They want the other eleven to know that that there is a burn of his presence, he's alive, and that he means to be known in tangi tangible, practical ways. That's the message that they bring to the others. Um, and so at this time, um, this is the moment I want you to grab your elements, grab the things that you've gathered, set the table for the Lord's um, table. You can press pause. And then I'm just going to meet you back in, uh, in one minute and we'll have the Lord's Supper together. So I want to begin our time at the table um, actually by, by reading um, the, the scripture I couldn't find for you earlier. This is Luke 24, 33. I'm just going to begin there. And here it says, So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. See, they're gathered. Saying, the Lord is risen indeed. You see, now there's their message. Why? Because they've had encounter. Because they've been made aware of the presence of the Lord. A different presence. And it goes on and says, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. You know, um, uh, important to recognize that he, he is known in the breaking of bread. And so I love that we're doing this. I love that we're gathered together right now and uh, we are going to break bread with him.
Now, um, a few thoughts. Um, you know, if we don't expect Him, and I mean His actual presence with us, that we have a pretty dead faith. And I just want to suggest, um, you would never go to someone's house, or you would never make a meal and sit down at a table, at someone else's table, and, and have a meal without them. And never might be a strong word, but just for... Just for illustration, um, you know, um, it is his table, after all. So it's a little silly not to um, expect his presence here, his tangible presence. He sits at the table with us. And so I want to pray for the meal. And remember that their eyes, even as recorded in the scriptures, their eyes... Um, in the Lord's way, were opened when He blessed and broke the Lord, broke the bread. And so, um, as we take our bread, and I invite you to do so right now, um, take up your bread and, and let's just pray over this dinner. Okay, Lord, I thank you that you have a spot at the table for me, uh, for each one of us. We are invited to the table where everything is freely given. And we ask you right now, Lord, because this is your table after all. We ask you to bless the bread, this physical thing. We ask you to bless it and move it into the spiritual kingdom and break it. We thank you for being broken for us. And we thank you for the invitation to receive everything that is free at your table. And let's have the bread together. Now, um, I want to remind you of uh, one more thing before we have the cup together. You know, it, it, is, the, um, it is the final cup at the Lord's table when He specifically bestows the kingdom. Okay? Um, I'll just paraphrase. Uh, he, says, he says to them, you're the ones who have continued with me in the hard stuff, in the trials. And, and so therefore, I bestow on you a kingdom. Now, I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Um, in fact, I want to invite the Holy Spirit to do something in just a moment with you. Um, the... This final cup, when he bestows the kingdom, um, here's what I want to say. Do you know that the Lord bestows the kingdom through his presence? Uh, it is his presence that bestows the kingdom. He is the kingdom. And so therefore it is his presence. So, um, you know, however you are doing this, I invite you to take the cup. And this is what I want to do. I want to take a moment to pray, and I'm going to give you a few moments. I want you to, to pray with me. I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to be tangible in presence in just a moment. And we are going to, going to, um, we're going to invite the Lord to reveal to you a time, just like the two guys on the road to Emmaus. I believe you have moments where there was the tangible um, burn of the Lord's presence for you. 
Now listen, it may have been a passion at a moment in your life, at a time. It might have been yesterday. It might have been this morning. It might have been a year ago. <laughs> it might have merely been the fire of a passion or a question that you knew was not your own, but it burned on your heart and you knew that it was the presence of the Lord making the question. It might have been an answer. <laughs> You've had this question and you knew that the answer came and it had the burn of the Lord. Or a mere hunger. Or a nudge. But I'm going to challenge you to believe with me that the Lord, even when you haven't known it, He's been pursuing you to bestow a kingdom, to bestow His presence. And He has been intimately there with you. We need the Holy Spirit to help us afterwards say, didn't my heart burn? I want you, Holy Spirit, to help me recognize that that was a moment that uh, the, the burn, the heartburn <laughs> of your presence, um, that was you. And I want to recognize it in the future. So, as you have the cup, just, just pray with me for a moment. And I'm going to leave you time. I thank you, Jesus, that you are, you are so um, in love with us that you want us to recognize and be aware of your presence. You want us to, to recognize that in the future. The ways you've met us and maybe we didn't even recognize. And so right now, we invite you, Holy Spirit, come in tangible presence into every home, into every beloved child of yours that is listening, that is, that is gathered here with us right now. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, just to reveal to us a time when your presence was with us in that burn. And we invite you to reveal to us so that we may have recognition of that presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I suspect two things, okay? Some of you um, just felt the burn. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay to go ahead and stop and recognize um, what just happened as in your heart as He visited with you. And in fact, to let the Holy Spirit burn that into your knowing of Him so that you recognize it in the future. Others of you, I suspect that others of you are wondering um, if you feel like maybe what he just showed you is kind of strange and you're not quite sure about it. You're wondering, was that really the presence of the Lord? Are you really speaking that to me right now? And uh, I encourage you to take it to prayer, okay? But I encourage you to fall into the arms of the Lord. Let him, let him be the master of that, okay? His presence can sort it out. Give him your faith that He wants to show you things. And so on that note, together, I would like to just take the cup with you 
And, and this is where we freely receive what is available in the presence of the Lord. This is where the kingdom that He wants you to have, His presence, is bestowed. And so let's take the cup together in what the Holy Spirit has just revealed. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, I just want to close in prayer. And, uh, and so let's just pray together. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done today. I thank you that your presence has been in this because you love us like that. And in the authority of your name, I ask protection over every work, every seed you've planted, everything that you have just begun here today, Lord. And I ask You, Lord, that You would take these seeds and grow them. Whatever You've just revealed, I ask, Lord, that You would provide confirmations in our lives that You do want us to recognize that that was Your presence. And I ask You, Lord, to just confirm it. We're we're asking in humility and with expectation to see You there. I'm asking You to confirm it again, 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 until it's a continuous relationship of expectation and presence that we get to have with you. We know that's your desire. And we want to join with you in that. In your name, Jesus. Amen. It has been good to gather with you. God bless you all. 